Hello everyone, welcome to the Venture Property Podcast. Hopefully you enjoyed that little bit of a jingle that I've got going on there. I've decided to uh, jazz this podcast up a little bit, so uh, added a bit of a jingle. This month isn't really a themed month. Uh, I had quite a lot of really interesting people who wanted to come on the podcast and it was really difficult to choose between all of them. So I picked randomly and also ones that will have a very good timeline of their story, which I think can help everybody and that we can all learn from. I will get round to getting everybody on the podcast, I promise. Today, as always, we are sponsored by the Real Estate Slackers. Now, the Real Estate Slackers is a free Slack group that was created by myself and John Corey because I believe that everybody needs a bit of JC in their lives. Now, to get access to that, you can go to realestateslackers.com, fill in the form, and then I will add you to the group. So this week, I am very excited to announce that I have Dixesh Patel, who is a man that I very, very much like. And I like him so much, not just because he's a Liverpool fan, but because at the core of his ethos is very similar to mine. It's all about creating proper relationships built on solid foundations. Hi, Dixesh. How are you doing today? Hey, Ryan. Yeah, doing really well. It's been a a good start today with a few good meetings and thank you for having me today. Thank you. I always, after speaking to you, I'm always really, really pumped up because I've got a lot of energy, but you've got even more than me. <laughs> yeah. It's true, isn't it? Um, yeah, I think once you swallow that magic uh, bean juice uh, of, of property juice, uh, there's only one way it's going to go, right? Yeah. Are you going to start packaging that up and selling it as well? Uh, if only I could box my life's history up over the last uh, 15 to 20 years, I would. Not as simple as that, as you know. I know. But you do have a very interesting history. Why don't you tell the listeners about yourself and what you did before property? Yes. So my background, actually, is I spent 25 years in the corporate world within the investment banking arena, uh, ranging from being a hands-on techie as a programmer and eventually transitioning into uh, IT program and uh, project management. Now, during that time, I, I have grown into moving into being a, a serial entrepreneur. It hasn't been easy. I have tried to leave the corporate world on no less than three previous occasions over the last 15 years. The last one being uh, last April to work full-time on my property business. Um, plenty of learnings, lots of ups and downs, lots of challenges with belief systems, um, and also one of the bigger challenges is uh, uh, trying to filter out all the naysayers. Yes. Can you just, I'm just going to dive in right into the naysayer bit. How have you found filtering them out has worked for you? How have you gone about that? Because I know that that's one thing that a lot of people do struggle with, and I get asked that on a weekly basis. Yes, I think... uh, a lot of this stemmed from probably around eight to nine years ago when I first understood the idea of identifying one's core values. Hmm. At the time, I thought it was a bit of a religious activity. Uh, Did I know that that would be the foundation of everything that I would probably end up doing, uh, even in the last three or four years of my property journey? Um, 
And that for me is a massive, massive key. If you can identify who you are as a person, what your values are, what you will find is that your radar, also known as your gut feeling, becomes better and better. That allows you to, you know, let's not use the negative term, filter out all the naysayers. It actually allows you to filter in all the people like Ryan Carruthers, for example. Oh, you smooth man. <laughs> Listen at you. Well, I, I, I believe you. That's right. And it's the law of attraction, isn't it? Absolutely. Um, and then that's, that's something that's been crucial for me over the last sort of good few years. Um, the, especially the core values. When you know who you are as a person, you seem to attract more people who are like you. Liverpool fans, for example. Um, totally. I know, it's quite exciting. So you tried to leave the corporate world three times. What what was that in, if you don't mind me asking? Uh, so the first time, I wanted to move into running an e-commerce business. Yeah. Uh, which eventually also plugged into a distribution business. So effectively doing a turnkey uh, solution to drive traffic to small to medium-sized businesses and also um, deliver those parcels to the end purchaser, if you like. And that business actually is 10 years to the day uh, when I started that business. To cut a long story short, we were probably five to seven years too early with that idea back in 2008. Uh, That was number one. Second of all, we were probably... You know, I, I certainly was a bit naive as to the scale of the operation uh, because one of the things that I was a bit gung-ho back then was I was going to conquer the world and this time next year I was going to be a millionaire. And <laughs> um, what I found was actually getting out the front door and meeting other sort of experienced entrepreneurs and not be afraid to ask for help and support and also... Mm-hmm not be afraid to bring on expertise uh, when the timing is right for your business. And that was a massive, massive learning curve for me. Mm, bringing in the right expertise. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Because you, you, you can't know it all. I mean, one of my favorite uh, uh, entrepreneurs, Richard Branson, you know, take the Richard Branson's uh, school of leverage. Find the yeah. right people with the right values and figure out a way of collaborating with them. Mm. And there's almost a, a switch and a, it's like a, it is the light bulb moment when you realize that, yes, expertise costs money, but you need it. And that, that's one thing that I notice a lot in the property world and business world as well. It's like people talk, talk to you about certain things, certain challenges, and then you say, well, I got this person in and the, almost the first question is how much was that? It's literally almost always the first question. Well, how much did that cost? Yeah. And that's the mindset. Oh, well, it's 1500 quid, but it actually was worth 150,000 or whatever. Um, once you get used to that, uh, I think that that's a big, big thing. Was the third one then property? The third one was property. Yes. Why did you choose property? That's a great question. So in order to answer that, I have to go through 
my life's experiences as an IT program and project manager. Mm-hmm. Whether you're delivering a virtual piece of IT kit, you need a project manager. You also need an architect. You need a delivery person, a, a programmer or a builder that's going to build your software. Um, I felt that a lot of the skills that I picked up uh, around uh, that model, A, were easily transferable. That was number one. Number two, drawing back on my experiences with the other businesses I've run, I felt that property would be a very light business when it comes to having staff. Now, one of the businesses I had, you won't believe I must have been the customer services person, I must have been the person who makes the coffees and sweeps the floor. (laughs) And from that, I realized actually businesses that I really want to run that fits my experiences and also fits what I want to be doing as a person. Uh, I wanted it to be very light. However, the interesting part of my property journey is the one aspect that I love, and I think you know what this is, is around relationship building. Um, My last set of roles around uh, IT were hugely focused on relationship management. And all I do is center my business around that. And if there are other parties around that relationship management strength that I can bring on board, that we can help each other grow, this is the reason for being in property. I love it. Mm. It's that personal relationship aspect of it for you. That's what is that. That's why you do it. I like that. Pretty much. And it is. It is such a. Well, I did a whole talk on it. It is such a personal thing, property. The brand building in property and brand is so personal. You know, people buy into people, so much so in property. And and it's just pulling in different people and different skills. What I really like as well is the light in staff. One of the things I really like about property is that you go out and get a specialist in that chosen area. So whether that's a planning consultant that you... You don't have them on the payroll all the time. You pay them for that project. I really, really like that. Yes, if you've got a good relationship with them, you carry on and you use them exclusively, but it's not committed to holidays and sick pay and having to manage them and all those kind of things. It's a hugely uh, flexible business, especially when it comes to scaling your business. You can add and grow your power team at arm's length, and that's, that's beautiful. Yeah like it it's very very true so how did you make that transition into the world of property yes so the first time i was a bit gung-ho many years ago Mm. um i just decided to quit (laughs) (laughs) and uh what did i learn from that that was probably not a very good idea because i started dipping into uh savings yeah, uh, which uh, you know, if your business doesn't work very well, it can soon dwindle. As yeah. happened, uh, looking into the property side, I actually started my property business just over three to four years ago, and I was actually running it in parallel to my corporate life. So I was effectively leading a double life, and. Yeah 
you know, and I recommend this to anybody. The, the, a lot of people focus on how they are going to replace what they earn today. And, to, yeah. you know, let's not make any bones about it. I was on a six-figure-plus salary. That was never going to happen uh, within a short period of time. So all I recommend to people is focus on how much it costs you on a monthly basis to keep the lights on. So it could be your mortgages, your bills, your, you know, feeding the kids or something. And look and aim to build up slowly towards that number. Mm. And that's, all, that's what I did. I spent two or three years doing that. Um, once I reached a certain tipping point, I got to around, and I'm you know, honest about it, I got to about 50% of my target expenditure uh, amount. What I then proceeded to do was build up additional capital and revenue through my own property portfolio to, in effect, what I would refer to as create a runway. So creating yep. a 24-month runway to supplement the rental income that was already achieving, then it reached a certain tipping point at the beginning of last year where actually the corporate world or the corporate life was now getting in the way of success. Yeah. And as it happened, the last eight or nine months, I've, I've had more success full-time in this business than I did in the previous three to four years whilst I was trying to uh, work and build up a business. Why do you think that is? Uh, time. Um, I mean, mm. You look at... Um, most people, and I'm not, I'm never one for sob stories. Um, but you know, if you're married, you've got a corporate job, you've got kids, you know, life mm. can get on top of you. And I, I felt at the beginning of last year, it was going to be, you know, am I committed to this business? Um, and what I found was, as soon as I became 100% committed to this business, it actually, I felt that there was a, a wave of people taking me a lot more seriously which I hadn't appreciated while I was working. Mm. It's that laser focus as well, I think, isn't it? You know, you put all of your focus then becomes onto that, that one aspect of your life, the, the property, and you're targeted towards that. And also the fact that you've got to make some money uh, yeah. because you've got, you've got bills to pay. What I really liked about what you just said there was the build slowly. Um, I like that attitude property is a it's it is such a slow builder uh, and a slow burner um that you know you i think you've got to do it slowly uh you see all the people all the time scaling too quick and then that for me is where a lot of issues issues happen um so i, I really like that you, that you said that you built slowly but what i really like about what you do um is you're all about creating these relationships and they are key to success. And you, you believe that. Why do you think that that is so important for you? Um, I think, uh, you know, relationships is no different from, you know, let's take marriage. You've got the different stages involved. You've got the courting, the engagement and the marriage. You get married too quickly. You could all end up in an ugly divorce. The key part is, is, during that initial courting phase or the engagement phase, if you like, it's your opportunity to find out whether you want to be in that business relationship. 
because there's no point in worrying about the details of the numbers if you haven't figured out whether you want to do business together. And that yeah. is massive. Too often I see people focusing on the transaction, on the spreadsheet, or send me some deals. And really, that's, that's the worst place you can start. Figure out whether you can go to the pub and have a few beers, or even go up to Anfield with your mate Ryan to see Liverpool <laughs> Premier League title at some point. Cool. Well, we, we, we might be waiting a long time for that. <laughs> yeah. but, you know, especially if dodgy refereeing decisions yeah. get in the... Uh, but don't get us started on that. No. I always I always think of it as a marriage, you know, and that's one of the things that Kim says to me all the time, that a JV partner is like a marriage. And taking that time to get to know that person, and it, it goes back to something that you said about knowing in your own self about the core values. When you know your core values and then whether they align with this person, that is a huge step to make this relationship work as a as a joint venture because money is involved and we are let's face it we're not property isn't 50 60 quid is it it's a big chunk of money chunk. so knowing that and knowing how and building that relationship with that person is actually really really crucial i mean if somebody wanted to invest with me rang me up today and said i've got x amount let's invest today i'd say no uh, i always want to build up build up that relationship and I know that loads and loads of people one of the questions I get asked so many times is and I'm going to ask it to you now is joint venture partners that's what they're looking for so how do they find them how do you find them and the kind of things that you do to when you're courting I want your dating secrets now (laughs) um yeah so in, in in real terms, actually, it's 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 probably totally the opposite or alien to what most people do. Mm. The first part is, um, yeah, do you like each other? Can you sit down and have a good, friendly conversation, like today, for example? Yeah, that's, yeah. That's, that's a pretty straightforward thing to do. Maybe go and have a coffee or, or a glass of wine or whatever is your tipple. Once you've got past that, and you go, hey, actually, I'm, I'm going to sit down and have another glass of wine or a coffee with this person. Mm. is actually during that time what you're doing is you're finding out whether uh, there's a resonation in your values once that coin drops and it will be pretty apparent if you've identified your core values I, I then move to my third and fourth stages which is about value add yeah mm. value add means hey Ryan or you know whoever I'm talking to What's, what's your challenge? What's your boggle? What is, is there anything I can help you with? Is there anybody I can help connect you with? And do it in a way that, you know, it is, it is part of your values because your values are part of your DNA and everything you do follows off the back of that. And what I then find is once we get down that values and add value to other people, what you'll then end up doing is you'll see that people have a much more higher propensity to, to want to sort of take conversations to the next level. And it's not even saying, well, let's go and do business together. It's, mm. well, actually, let's figure out whether there's areas we can help each other in our own respective businesses and worry about the transaction later. Yeah, that's, that's something that I've learned over the, 
the last few years being in property. It's like six years I've been in property now. And it's that, do you know what? Don't go with an agenda. Yes. It's like I don't have an agenda now. It's you, anybody who sat and had a coffee with me or been on the phone with me will say that they've, they had no idea where the conversation was going to go and they never knew it would go to where it did go. Um, but it's like, you know, let's, let's find out. Do we like each other? Do we enjoy having a laugh on the phone or over coffee, you know, and then, okay, what are their values like? What are my values like? Okay. How can we help each other's business now and then see where it goes from there? Um, and then help each other with challenges and because that is that is ultimately what we are all we are all after absolutely I mean, I mean, even if people i mean let's take you and i as a great case study in terms of relationship yeah. right people can talk to you and i if they want to figure out how we connected and that's yeah. it's okay to ask people right we're, we're we're quite helpful chaps and yeah i implore people to talk to ryan or even myself um and find out what we're doing right when it comes to relationship building. Mm. And I think it's that, it's that personal connection. Um, I know that we connected massively over a certain football club that we've already mentioned once. Yeah, we won't. Uh, yeah, we won't go into that uh, anymore because it's quite upsetting. I'm getting upset now thinking about it. Um, <laughs> what kind of core values do you think that you have then? And that you look for in others. Um, so getting personal with you now. Yeah. So for me, you know, transparency, uh, that is huge for me. If there's anything you're going to do or say, be hundred percent transparent. If you're going to do something or you said you're going to do something, you know, take Cialdini's uh, uh, book <laughs> rule of thumb, which is, do what you say you're going to do. Yeah. Yeah. And, the, the, you know, above all, like you said, there shouldn't be any agenda. And it's purely out getting out of there and using that time to, to cement that relationship. And at some point in the future, you never know who knows, who knows, who knows. And what I find is that if you meet somebody with similar values to you, augurs that they're going to know other people with similar values and what better way for fantastic people with great values to interconnect and find a way of collaborating mm. i said i do business in a way where if, if if the relationship works the value system's there i feel there's enough value both ways then whatever happens i'll, I'll try and figure out how I'm going to collaborate with that person. Hmm. I like that a lot. I really like that. And I, I love that because you, you never know what's going to happen. I go, I just, I live my life as basically one big laugh. I take the mick out of absolutely everybody. Um, I'm ridiculously serious when it comes to business and figures and all of that. But for me, I want to have fun and I want to have a laugh. So I'm going to take the mick out of people. And I've found that that is just, I get the people then who are like me, who are serious about business, but don't take life too seriously. And then we connect. And the connections that come from that actually are so deep and so solid that, you know, we'll meet 
and we'll talk about business for 10 minutes, get exactly what we need to be done. And then it will be right. Okay, let's have a laugh now. But we all remember it and we all remember each other more because of that. Nobody wants to go to a boring meeting anymore, do they? <laughs> well, it's funny you should say that because uh, in, in a lot of cases, whenever you end up going to a property meeting and you go to the after, after, after meet uh, drinks, I actually don't remember talking about property because some yeah. can be quite boring, really. You don't want to talk about numbers and details and stuff like that. You want to just have a bit of a laugh and actually enjoy your time. Exactly. And then don't you find, though, that when, you get, when you're leaving those meetings, you always remember those people that you did have a laugh with. And that Absolutely. just cements it. Yeah. And they and remember also, you. And sorry, you was going to say... And also, like whenever you, you know, if you, if you, if you meet similar people, you build a, a, a cement of friendship, what, what people will find is those people will recommend you to other people, even though you weren't even looking for anything. Yes, exactly. So many people have come to me and said, oh, so-and-so has recommended you. And I don't actually know that person that well. We've just had a really, really good laugh after a property event or in enough of a connection and we've just had fun and connected and they've just recommended me what's next for you then um so next for me is we're just going through a rebranding process yeah new company which you know i've already shown you lighthouse uh, capital group um and what we're looking to do is formulate and create collaborative partnerships with investors and developers alike because one of the biggest things that i love doing is facilitating facilitating yeah. the right people to come together to do good projects obviously we want to make them profitable yeah. um, and have a bit of fun so in 2018 we'll be looking to formulate partnerships with three developers Mm -hmm. uh, under the Lighthouse Capital Group banner. And off the back of that, that will allow us to be able to scale the funding partners that we've built relationships with over the last few years. And that's, that's, that's key for our next phase of growth. Mm. Wow, that's interesting. Very interesting. I love the branding as well of the Lighthouse Capital Group. Thank you. I like. I just like blue as well. Um, yeah. I yeah. like red, but yeah, maybe blue's better. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. We all like red. Yeah. So, where I've got a couple of questions for you now. Um, when you think of the word successful, who is the first person who comes to mind, and why? My coach. Yeah. The reason he comes to mind is because he's somebody who I aspire to when it comes to relationship building. Yeah. Constantly value-add uh, has taken me to a level where I could never have dreamt of. And, and let me qualify that. You know, it's core values. It, it took me a while to sort of even identify those. 
And actually, when you've got somebody supporting you who resonates at an even higher level, hell, the only way for me is, is to grow and aspire to be even better than who I am today. Mm. That's a very smooth answer. <laughs> I'm just going to ask another sub-question on that before I drop into that, because I was having this discussion with with Kim last week, actually, and it's I noticed I was I was chatting to a couple of people in business, not nothing to do with property. Um, one of the people in business had a mentor, somebody that they could go to, a coach, a mentor that that questioned them, and the other person didn't. Now, both of these people were the same age, and the difference in them was humongous. Honestly, the person who had a mentor was on it. They were just so much more worldly and I think it was probably because somebody sort of questioned them so in your experience in your life of business and everything how important are coaches and mentors um I think they're massively important especially if you find the right person and if you've identified your values you will eventually magnetize to the right person it's no different from you know the best analogy same bolt in athletics he started off when he was young, he had a coach, and as he moved up through his succession and progressed through Jamaican athletics, world athletics, Olympic star, at each checkpoint, he will have moved on to having a, a, a coach that's even more stronger than his previous one. Mm. So I think it's massive because it gives you that sounding board that you might not necessarily have been able to sort of pick up within your own thinking. Yeah, I think that's key as well, isn't it? It's that sounding board. Yeah. You know, another set of eyes looking at it, sometimes more experience, um, sometimes less experience, but more experience in other areas. And it's that is so crucial. And that then gives you, uh, who's sort of under them, being coached or being mentored by them, the confidence to... For, for many different reasons, it gives you the confidence to go off and do other things because um, you know that they're there to, to sound ideas off. And also, if you go to see them and you've done naff all over the last few weeks, <laughs> you are going to get a right rollicking, aren't you? Which is, which is a very good thing because it's easy to sort of revert back into your old world of, yeah. of, of doing nothing. Um, <laughs> and we all need to kick out the backside, right? Yeah. Every so often we do. And my second question for you is, what is the book that has had the biggest impact on you? So I read this book many years ago. Robert Cialdini, The Book of Influence. Oh, yes, I've read this book. Um, The reason it, it really impacted me, because prior to that, I had everything around influence based purely on transaction. I based everything on quick fixes. You know, everything should happen at the click of a finger. Mm. And actually, when you read that book and you get deep into the the psychologies and the cultures, it's actually any business that you do is a slow burn. Everything takes time to build. And especially where you're trying to create a following, or a client base. These are all aspects of your business that if you do it correctly and you do it at the pace that it needs to happen at, success 
will eventually come. It might not happen as quickly as you want. Mm. However, that success will come if you follow the book of influences model of learning around how to do that. And so a massive impact on me. That is an incredible book. And I've just finished the persuasion one as well, which is, I believe the follow on to that, which is incredible as well. Um, there's some really good things in there. And if anybody is listening, then if you share this podcast on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram, whatever, then you will get one entry into the giveaway. So every single month, I give away all of the books that people like Dick Sesh have said have had a massive impact in their life. So for February, this one will be included in. At the end of Feb, I will pick somebody and I will send all of those books from that month out to them. So you can actually get a copy of that book, which has had such a huge impact on the legend that is Dick Sesh. So before I let you go, I have one last question for you. And it is, what is the worst advice you see or hear in the property world? <laughs> oh, gosh, where does one begin? That always gets people. I love that question. It's like, it's my favorite question. Um, I think one thing really uh, sticks out, and I think you know, we've had good lengthy conversations around this, is you know, the, the world of property has so many training courses out there, so many people who stand up and purport to be gurus. And actually, the, the, the real advice there is, you know, people turning around and recommending uh, spending, you know, we're not talking small amounts of money, thousands and thousands of pounds on training courses and 